Um, Channel 10. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Channel10Podcast.com. That's right. That's the official Channel 10 Podcast website. Now, there's a store link at the top. So you can click on that link and purchase Channel 10 merchandise like t-shirts and hoodies and all kind of goodies. So make sure you go there, click that, support the podcast, and get your Channel 10 podcast gear. Uh, Right now, you can get Channel 10 podcast logo gear, but there will be more designs coming soon. So keep it locked to Channel10Podcast.com. As always, make sure you rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Help us grow. Uh, We got a lot of big things coming up, so definitely keep it locked to Channel10Podcast.com. Okay, with that, I'm out. Let's get into the show. Peace. We used to be like CNN Channel 10. And we used to think that people would catch on. No, but like, if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, <laughs> like, well, I didn't know that. Do it, yo. yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up, on, man? What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. So good. What up? All good, baby, in every hood, son. What up, yo? CNN Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas is grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace, cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, network, channel 10, it's on again. Street niggas, this grown man. Bold face, gather your face, stay in place, yo. Call is now being recorded. Yo. Yo. What up, what up, good people of America and all the people outside of America. This is the Channel 10 Podcast with your man, the almighty AR taking the building. And I'm alongside. Send God Superior. Now we sound tired of shit. because <laughs> <laughs> we are tired of shit because we just grind and getting things done. You know? Yeah, well, it seems that way. I mean, by the time people are hearing our, our lovely, tired voices now, um, they will have already heard our interview with Egyptian lover, hip-hop pioneer, West Coast extraordinaire, and they will have also already had the opportunity to buy Channel 10 Podcast merchandise from Channel10Podcast.com. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess that's an example of a uh, of black progress. Yeah, I mean, get your hoodies up. You know what I'm saying? Get your Channel Ten podcast hoodie. Starting off with the Channel Ten logo, but we do have a couple more things coming down the pipeline. It's getting cold, so get your hoodies. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna have some coffee mugs that you can get for your coffee while you go to work, when you commute, while you listen to us talk whatever it is that we talk and um yeah support the movement because we definitely moving people are paying attention tell a yeah. friend to tell a friend yeah you know i'm thinking about if we should kind of address certain people people talking about us but i guess there's no point Nah, nah, nah. Let's not even even talk about them. Let's just, you know, it's good to be seen. That's all I can say about that. (laughs) Yeah, seen and heard. But uh, shout out to all the podcasters out there doing their thing. 
Um, you know, it's a big space right now for everybody to come through and do what they do. And, you know, the creative people, the engaging people, the people with something to say will rise to the top. So, we here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, how have you been, man? I've been, been chilling, man, just knocking out historical works and, you know, slinging these groceries. Mm. Pretty much all I've been doing, you know, trying to, trying to fight, you know, the racist institutions that are still in place. Mm. You know? So, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a constant battle doing that, man. Um, it's a fight every day. <laughs> yeah, man. Like the this is this is crazy, man. When you're dealing with this in the grocery business, and just like the certain. I mean, it's weird when you know you're in certain situations and you just know when certain things are just kind of ra- like racial. Mm. Um. So that's always. An interesting, an interesting thing to uh, to most definitely um, deal with when you see it, and you know when you're experiencing experiencing this firsthand, and and you know like do you combat it all the way, or do you just kind of like work your way around it, or do you find like a really slick way to combat it without really you know it really being noticed? Hmm. I mean. I think my way of combating it is because, like, you know, my beard is just just wild and untamed at the moment. And it's like people just stare at me sometimes. And so then, you know, when I'm going to uh, my place of business where I work, my day job, um, you know, I guess I kind of have a hip-hop kind of look to me, an urban look, so to speak. Um, so, it's like, you know, I might come into work with, you know, a black hat, my black sunglasses, a black jacket, a black tee, some black jeans, and some black shoes with some black headphones around my neck, blasting some black music with a big black beard. And I don't look like the typical person that's going into the building that I work in who might have white skin with a white shirt with some khakis and some dress shoes and a tie. And we might have to get on the same elevator. So sometimes I can notice people's apprehension and I can feel their energy. So I notice when I open my mouth and I say, you know, good morning. And, you know, I might engage them in some light banter, you know, that that anxious energy. I can feel it, I can feel it subside and they start to feel more comfortable and everything like that. And, you know, you can kind of see that they feel like, oh, I was wrong about, you know, my preconceptions about this guy who's here now. But at the end of the day, I'm here for the same reason you're here. And that's because it's a paycheck. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Like, what, like I had this, one, I had this one occurrence 
um, you know, like Sundays are, are mad interesting because, you know, you, you get, you know, a mixture of football people and the church crowd. Mm. So there was this one couple, they came in and, you know, they were, they were like the, the church going type of people, older, older white couple. I mean, they were nice, but, you know, they came in smiling and shit. And, and so they come and they come and they come to me and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you know, what's up, whatever. And they're like, do you ever smile? And I'm like, I said, no, not, I mean, not, not really, not all the time. I'm like, well, you should, you should smile more. Why don't you smile? And I'm like, well, if you think about the mundane things that, you know, we all do in our regular lives, you know, the majority of the time we're probably not smiling. And then so they said, by gosh, golly, where are you from? <laughs> 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 and they really said bye. well she said bye gosh golly for real so that was an interesting conversation start talking about education and the importance of history so hold on hold on, hold on. so so <laughs> what was their reaction when you said Baltimore um another bye gosh golly <laughs> and what are you doing here <laughs> I mean, like, sometimes, like, when, when, when someone says, like, how, like, you know, hello, how are you doing? And I say, I'm like, one time, um, this white woman, she said, you know, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm well. And she says, oh, that's correct English. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I was kind of like looking back on it and like, because you know how people say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm good, you know, cause everyone kind of says I'm good. So, you know, technically that's kind of, that's incorrect English. And so maybe that's why she said it, but still it's like, why would you say something like that? But I mean, I get that, I get that shit all the time. Like, you know, where, where are you from? Mm. Whatever like that. So, and it could sometimes just like for me, just opening my mouth or if I just say a certain word that I'm assuming they think I, I wouldn't know. Um, mm. But. I think there. I've been learning ways to like kind of combat this, you know, this quiet racism that goes on. But like I was telling some people today, I don't really know if it's to my detriment. I mean, I think it's probably it probably is to my detriment to a certain extent. But I, I can't be. I'm getting too old. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I mean, you're just dealing with the same shit for years, man. Something has to change. Nah, I definitely feel you. Um, I'm trying to think of the instance at my last job. I said something to somebody. I can't remember what the word was, but and I, and I may have spoken about this on one of the previous episodes um, before episode 20. But I said something to one of my coworkers, and she was like, "Oh, wow! You know what that word means?" <laughs> And I guess she realized what she said. So she was like, I mean, because, you know, the people who work here, I wouldn't expect most of the people who work here to know what that word means. But it's like she tried to clean it up. So, you know, I at least gave her her props for realizing her error and trying to clean it up. You know, like, because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has prejudices and things like that. So, um... You know, at least she tried. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I think, it, it, I mean, it, it, it comes to a point, though, when it's like, 
they're just overcompensating for their their liberal guilt after uh-huh. a while. That just kind of annoys me too. Yeah. How would you um I guess there's something I've never asked you before. And it's funny because we just talked for like two hours before this episode started. <laughs> but um how would you classify yourself politically? I mean I guess I mean I guess technically I would be um a left leaning independent. Mm. Um, you know, I can I can see both sides a lot of times, but all these institutions are fucked up. So I don't even like to think about political affiliations, but then even you know, even you know, nowadays even saying that you don't have a label it's still labeling it's still labeling yourself in some kind of weird way nowadays so yeah. you just can't win yeah, I mean I see you as more of a righty <laughs> so a right leaning into independent yeah yeah mm. I mean yeah. I, guess, I, I mean I guess I see you kind of like me but I guess mine is a bit more extreme basically left leaning on on social issues but right leaning on I guess more financial and structural type issues I mean well I mean there are certain things that I, that I think are good you know just you know just for the you know for for society mm. you know I think I mean I think there should be free health care I mean, I think that's just like a, it's just like it's a good investment. I mean, if you want to have healthy soldiers, you should just have everyone have some good health care, and you know you don't got to worry about all, this, all these crazy, weird shots that people probably can't afford, or you know wisdom teeth and people dying from crazy, crazy shit every five minutes. I mean, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I. I don't think that people should have free health care, but I think that it would be nice. In, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, that would be great, but I don't think that people should have it. And the reason why is because um, health care comes... Like somebody's providing a service, and so they should be compensated for their work and effort. So I don't think that it should be free. I don't think that it should be free. But if there was a way for it to be free that doesn't take from somebody else, I think that would be great. But I do think that it would be way cheaper and... um. I guess better and closer to free and maybe even in some instances free if there wasn't a healthcare system the way that we have it now. So basically I feel like it could be effectively free if it wasn't for the system that we have now. So I guess in a sense in so many words so in so many words you're saying that if it's just if, if they if they just kinda of privatize it more then that would that leads to more competition, which then will drive prices down. Kind of like what we're seeing right now with 
all these cell phone these uh these cell phone companies and all these new crazy plans that are coming out for like ten dollars. Right, right. Basically, yeah. So you privatize it completely, which leads to more innovation and leads to more competition, which drives prices down. And also, I I feel like it would lead to more charitable acts because. Right now, you have it to where the government steals money from you to give to other people. But if that didn't happen, then you could just do it freely of your own free will. And you would probably do that more because you're not thinking, oh, the government's going to do something for these people. So it doesn't have anything to do with me or anything like that. It's like, no, no, let me, you know, give something to these people. And like one statistic that that, that, you know, the right likes to throw out, but I think is valid, is that, you know, the right is against all these type of, like, programs and stuff like that, but they're, they do more charitable giving than the left, who is in favor of, you know, taking people's money from taxes and giving it to people. But it's like, you're not taking your own money and giving it to people. You want to do things with other people's money. So it's like, well, put your money where your mouth is if you're really about this. Oh, shit, that's a rhyme, right? That's a hook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, you know, like, I, I think, like, kind of looking at Cuba, though, it kind of makes, like, it, it, I think Cuba, well, based on, based on what I hear about Cuba, that it's kind of a perfect, a perfect example of what can happen when you have free free education. Like when I think what Katrina happened or whatever like that, you know, Cuba even offered to let's like have some of their doctors come over or whatever like that to, to like to help out. But of course, we we refused to help in Cuba. But then also you have like this, you know, the situation there where all these people are like mad educated, but they don't have any jobs because everyone is they they're all they're all highly educated and they all do the same shit. Yeah, recently, um, I was listening to something, I think, on NPR about Cuban doctors and how um, basically any time there's a tragedy in the world, Cuba sends its doctors out because, you know, they just have all these great doctors and they, you know, you, you know, they're able to provide more service. And the Cuban doctors don't make as much money as American doctors. So I do think there is a point to that. Um but I don't know, like, the whole, like, I think that when you're in a certain, like, I think that by, by like, providing systems to things, there is the opportunity to get some things right or to have some things be better. But then when you look at it as a whole, it's, like, more detrimental. Like, but... You know, you do have to give props to, you know, Cuba on what they've been able to do in terms of health care. But, you know, a lot of their people living in poverty. Of course, a lot of that is due to the uh, embargo and all the other type of stuff. But um, I don't know. Like, when you start to deal with socialism and um, I know we've had the conversation about, you know, Marxism and what Marxism actually is. So I'm not going to say Marxism, but from uh, so, I guess socialism and the communism um, like is it really a sustainable system that's natural I guess 
Well, based on Joe Rogan's ideology, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not to say that, like, you know, I say I'm against free health care. Like, I'm against, like, government-mandated free health care. Of course, I would love for health care to be free for everybody, but I don't think that, I, like, I think, that that's a process that eventually has to happen on its own. I don't think that you can be like, okay, boom, free healthcare. Yeah. And like, you know, people talk about, you know, going to Canada and stuff with free healthcare, but I don't know. I think America is known for having like the best health or like one of the best healthcare is like, I guess they're known for healthcare innovations when it comes to Western medicine. Um, but it's like that comes from, you know, competition and innovation and things like that. I just think that the way that it's been implemented and the way that healthcare companies are allowed to use the government to their advantage to create certain type of monopolistic type of practices um, really puts a detriment to the whole system as a whole, or just everybody. But like, I mean, I think the, I mean, when you, I think when it comes to healthcare, especially, like, it really comes to preventing certain things, and a lot of that could just comes from your diet. <laughs> mm. Well, you, but you, I mean, well, I, th I think you, you are one of the, you, I mean, well, you, you believe in the kinds of people who just don't exactly think <laughs> properly. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, you mean like, like, hold on, what do you mean by that? I mean, as in, you know, there's certain certain people that you know they just don't, they just don't, they don't critically think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I guess why too. But I mean, I think that. You know, when it comes to like a healthcare system, we also have a food system. So I think that the food system makes it so that the people who don't critically think are more susceptible to to certain things that are detrimental, which feeds into the healthcare system. And I think that you know, you look at conspiracy theorists and they look at the connections between everything, and they come up with these you know ideas. And, you know, from a logical standpoint, I can see how you come to it. Like, it really looks like the, the food industry is helping the healthcare industry and vice versa. Like, you have um, a lot of people making money off of dairy, right? Mm -hmm. And dairy makes a lot of people sick. I think only 25% of the population or something like that for something that I read. Um, and I might be completely wrong, but I, I, I do think something about only 20% of people or 25% of people are not lactose intolerant. Yeah. So you keep pushing dairy on people. You got this whole got milk campaign and you create a lobby for the dairy industry that lobbies politicians to create subsidies for this industry to keep growing and propagating to push dairy on people and to make it seem like it's, you know, completely good and healthy and that you need more in your diet. 
when 75% of people are lactose intolerant. So for those 75% of people lactose intolerant, you know what a lot of them do? They go and get a pill that they pay for so they can have this this thing. <laughs> so it's almost like the food industry is feeding the pharmaceutical industry and a lot of these people and then the, that might have side effects to where you got to get another pill for that. And so then you end up with some crazy health condition down the line to where if you just didn't have that in the first place, it wouldn't be an issue. But the reason why it's an issue is because people make money off of it and they're able to lobby the government to put them in a position of power. I mean, yeah. But, you know, like thinking about it now, if there wasn't a Got Milk campaign, people would still be doing the same shit probably drinking milk because... The whole thing about drinking milk, especially in America, is more of a cultural thing. And it's a it's an agricultural thing, you know, like milk at one point was a really substantial part of, you know, someone's died in the 18th, 19th century. Yeah, but it's 2015. I mean, we look at how much things are different from that time, but certain things have had a stronghold. And it's like, you look at how, and, and like, how are those things able to have a stronghold when certain other things aren't? And it's like, because these people have the capital to keep pushing their agenda. So, like, I mean, you're still going to have, you know, that cultural aspect of it. But at the same time, I, 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 like, I do think that there's more to it than that. You know, because if you... If you're the type of person who doesn't, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm not even going to say somebody who lacks critical thinking skills or anything like that. But if you're somebody who just doesn't have the time to look into things, um, you know, you're going to look at Got Milk, you're going to look at whatever it tells you in the commercial, and you're going to think that that's completely correct. But if that wasn't the case, if there was more competition to where there were other messages that were able to get through and be pushed, then it might be different. I mean, well, I mean, well, now you have soy milk, and we know that soy milk is, I mean, soy is subsidized, and there's all types yeah. of yeah, and it's a crazy whole, shit going on with soy. Yeah, so they do the same. So they wised up and they figured out what the milk people are doing. Like, okay, we're going to do this. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, they're still putting their money into this government structure, which is backed by guns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so they put their money behind the guns that are pushing the message onto the people who either don't think willingly or just don't have the time to think and look up things and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, as of now, I'm consuming quite a bit of soy between, you know, having lattes and, you know, adding soy sauce to my to my veggie stir fries. Mm. <laughs> Gotta get on liquid aminos, man. I mean, I, I have liquid aminos, but mm. it's, I mean, soy milk taste, I mean, so, I mean soy sauce, just, it has a different taste to it. Um, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, liquid aminos was something I had to get used to. It's cool. I still have some, but I still went ahead and just bought another bottle of soy sauce. I use it in certain things. 
Mm. I mean, I guess my main problem with the soy sauce is the salt. But, I, you know, I use stuff in such moderation and such, you know, so rarely. Um, as opposed to, like, the average American. Like, that's how you about, um, I did this free health screening. Um, where, like, they took a blood sample and they tested, like, my glucose and my uh, cholesterol levels. That's how you that? No. Yeah, so, like, they, you know, you know, ran my blood through this thing. And so, the chick, after, you know, she got the results, she was like, oh, you must be fasting. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. And she said, oh, like, like my glucose level was, like, an 83. And on the, sh on, and, like, on the chart... It said that a good number, if you're fasting, is below 100. But if you're not fasting, a good number is like below like 120 or something like that. Like 130, something like that. So, I said, no, I'm not fasting. And she was like, oh, well, well, well when's the last time you ate? I said, about an hour ago. Mind you, like an hour ago, I had like some of the most unhealthy shit that you could think of, which is... Like, I had, like, a big-ass thing of um, potato wedgies from Royal Farms. Hey, I figured I figured you were going to say that shit for whatever reason. Yeah, and mind you, I've been slowing down on that because I don't really have access to Royal Farms like that anymore. But, you know, that particular day, I was like, you know, let me just grab me some potato wedgies from Royal Farms. So, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, about an hour ago. And she was like, oh, well, you know, your glucose levels, it's like, you know, it's really good for someone who's fasting, but you're not fasting, so your body must be processing sugar really well. I was like, oh, well, I'm vegan. And so she was like, oh, well, I mean, even if you're vegan, you know, it's still, you know, this and that and this and that. And she said something about bread and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you know, I've been really cutting down on the bread, especially white bread. You know, I don't really eat white bread and stuff like that. And, you know, I really ha haven't been doing the pasta as much anymore, so I really don't have a lot of carbohydrates, which are being um, processed in the sugar. And so, you know, she just was like, okay, well, you know, you're good. And she sent me on my way. And I really think, because, like, the, 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 the health screening, it was in the Rite Aid and then, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, urban area. So I really think that what it was was, they pretty much figure that people there are going to have some fucked up levels and they're going to be able to push some type of product on them based off of their levels. <laughs> but mine were kind of good, so they just didn't want to talk to me anymore. I mean, I mean, probably. I mean, like I mean, like I told you. I mean, when I I uh I, I got around, you know, not taking a blood pressure med like blood pressure medication because I said I was a black man. <laughs> and it worked for a good two years. Speaking of that, um, uh, and I guess this is a plug for this spot. Um, I've been meaning to ask you, um, what's the cross streets of that herbalist spot again? Um, shit, I don't even know offhand. Damn, because like, um, I was thinking about getting some more of that blood pressure tea. And I'm getting another uh, strainer or some more of them tea bags from Wegmans or whatever. Um, for the people who are up on it, um, you know, Sen, he's been going to this herbalist in Baltimore. 
and he gets his blood pressure tea and so you know he gave me some of it before and like I really like it it's like these herbs so I put them in a um in like either like a tea bag or like like a strainer and, you know I make the tea out of it and you know really it's like a really mellowing calming effect that it kind of gives to just straight all natural from these various herbs and this blood pressure mix um, and I really like it so mm. you know it was it was funny like since since I'm like I'm I'm kind of like dealing with uh whatever whatever whatever's going on from like some type of cold that I don't think this has that's really left me yet um my, my mother asked me if I've been taking anything and I'm like nah I mean like no not really it's like trying to sleep and having like making like hot toddies and she was like you don't have any herbs with you <laughs> and of course you're thinking about my you know my mother that's one of the last things I ever thought she even asked me I'm like no I don't have I don't really have any herbs I just have like some herbal tea like a little bit of it and she was like, I've never, I, she was like, I never thought I'd see the day when you travel somewhere and you don't have any herbs with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that's right, man. I got to get my shit together. Yeah, hey, man. And, I, you know, I was talking about the other day, I was like, damn, I, don't, you know, I haven't heard, had any herbs in a long time. Yeah, man, the white man's winning right now. But... But see, but I, but I, but I still do have that theory that that I think I, that um that I, I've talked that we talked about between white man medicine and herbal medicine and how it's how it's 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 made for for different different Her. periods. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, a disclaimer for everybody listening to the podcast: like when you say white man medicine, <laughs> <laughs> you know that can sound very racist. <laughs> To certain um, people, uh, but you know, I know what you mean, but the people don't know what you mean. <laughs> Alright, well, okay, well, let's say, how about institutional medicine? Yeah, like, like yeah, like, 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 like traditional Western American medicine and the medical system that we have, the pharmaceutical companies and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, like I, I mean, I, I still think that kind of holds some weight because yeah. the, I mean, if you're taking herbs, man, like I mean, it's something that you really got to chill with. You really can't be doing nothing. Yeah, to I a mean, certain extent, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, the quote unquote white man medicine that should get you right back up and back to work. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, man, like, if I got to, if I got to be out, I got to see people, I got to be out for eight, nine hours a day, or, you know, like, at, at this point right now, in this period, I got to be out the house seven days a week, so, some, so some days, I may have to chug, you know, some of that, that day cool real quick, because I don't have time to really sleep the way I, I probably should be, or be resting, mm. so it comes in handy, but then if I, on, on days when I rest, when I have time to rest, then I just rest and maybe just chill with a hot toddy, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, hot toddies, it, like, I don't know. It, it must be some type of chemical reaction between the whiskey, the ginger, and, and certain antioxidants within the tea that makes it a medicinal concoction. Mm. Because sometimes, like, I'll just rest, maybe drink a whole bunch of water or whatever like that. Maybe just have, like, some tea with ginger. Or maybe have, like, a little bit of the institutionalized medicine. But then, like... When I take when I have like one hot toddy, 
it'll clear everything out of my chest. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm like I'm surprised I haven't really come down with a big sickness as of yet. Because usually, you know, this is about you know prime opportunity. You know, knock on wood. But <laughs> um, recently, I've been getting a lot more physical exercise. Like in the past two weeks, you know, I walk about three miles every day. And then, like, in addition to that, you know, I've I've I've, I've pretty much completely cut out soda. Um, I, I like. The last time I had a soda was maybe about a week and a half ago, but the time before that, I couldn't tell you. And then I've been drinking about two liters of water a day, and like I've been taking um, vitamin D. I like you know you know they um they say take one, but I've been taking two. Um, not every day, but you know pretty much. Let's say approximately every other day, and I've been taking this B vitamin complex, and um, I've been good, man. Like <laughs> just staying on top of it, you know, you know, taking the preventative measures that they say to take, and then also I've been eating like a lot of spicy food, and that shit will clear you out, like. Like like you know when I make like a pot of vegetables or something, I throw a lot like a lot of crushed red peppers in there. Put some black pepper in there, and just you know whatever the spiciest things I can. I throw a lot of onions and you know just all different types of peppers and things like that. And you know it just it just it just clears you right out. And I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it's. You know the the way that my body feels, I feel like it's beneficial. I don't have any research or anything to go behind it, <laughs> but just from the feeling that I get, I feel like it's definitely helpful because I'm usually a wreck around this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I do think that the um, exercise component of it is a is a big part. I mean, you know. It says mostly diet, but you know, with the exercise that I've been getting, um, you know, that increases various endorphins. It just makes you feel better. And when you feel better emotionally, you know, that translates into your physical well being as well. And, you know, in terms of like dealing with like depression and stuff like that, you know, I've been pretty good for a minute. Which is, you know, very rare for me. But you know, I've been, like, I, like I've been straight. I guess more recently now, I've been kind of getting kind of depressed. But at the end of the day, it's it's not really, it's not really anything. Well, I mean, that's that's what's up. I mean, I think I think for me too, it hasn't been as bad. I guess I kind of I faced quite a bit of demons over the summer since I had the time to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, I don't, it's it's interesting though because like I mean, I personally, I I I, I feel that I, I am an unhealthy person because of this depression. Mm. 
And the reason why I say that is because, like, you know, that the whole thing with when I when I when I had to go, I, um, I had I had a checkup and they could see me having the chest pains, and that led to me getting an echocardiogram, and they were running all these tests on me, and they were just amazed, like, because apparently based on like some type of like the level of pain that they could see, I'm not supposed to be doing the things that I'm doing. Or we're not, we're not supposed to be able to be doing them. And then when they figured out that, you know, it was just like just shit going off me personally. And, you know, it's like the third time I've heard it to say, you know, you just need to go and seek help with whatever issues you're dealing with. And so, and then thinking about that and stress and, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the main component to me getting sick all the time. Well, maybe it's not all the time because I because the thing is when I stopped getting flu shots I really haven't been like sick sick like that mm, I, you know I never had a flu shot but you know the flu shot makes you sick for a little bit from what I hear and like like you know you know just because of what it is you know you're going to get sick and then you're going to get better but um yeah, it, I mean the emotional component to it is, uh, and like you know, depression definitely adds to the sickness and everything like that. Um, I think one thing that's helped me recently is, um, I think I heard this on the podcast, and I heard it, you know, I've you know I've read it other places, but you know, basically stress and anxiety and things like that. The reason why we have them is because it's an evolutionary tool for survival. Oh so, yeah. You wouldn't have these things if it wasn't beneficial to you in some type of way. So um, I think a study came out recently saying that um, basically, you know, your success is how you pretty much deal with that. You know, those basic, like, like, you know, those those base emotional things like anxiety and stress. Um you know, how you're able to translate that into, you know, our modern world. So, um, and I kind of did it unconsciously today and, like, the day before, or just more recently I've been able to do it. So, like, you know, when I feel that feeling, instead of a feeling of dread and woe, it's more like, my body is preparing for something like okay, I like like I'm feeling this feeling because I'm amped up and I'm getting ready for something. So it's like I kind of use it as energy instead of using it as something that's knocking me down. And when I first heard somebody talk about that, I was like, yeah, that sounds good, but. How is it actually going to work? But then I realized I kind of did it unconsciously. I don't know if it's because of me listening to people talk about it. I was like, oh, like this kind of shit does kind of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like the, well, the thing, I mean, well, like, you know, like how they say, like, you know, a little bit of stress is good anyway because it, it helps you get, get through certain things or, you know, how depression is linked with, you know, creativity. Yeah. But, you know, like, the th- because, I mean, you know, I guess like putting my my so-called all into a lot of things is kind of a, a way to a, a way of me you know a, a way for me to like combat those types of feelings. But then it come, it gets to a point when you're just kind of like masking it, and then you put your all into something that's cool, but then you're still not 
um, really dealing with like the underlying the underlying meanings or I mean yeah. reasons why you, you feel this way. And so it's something that you will eventually have to conquer unless you just want to become a a thirty year old man with all these issues that you just don't you just never really face, which I'm not trying to be. Yeah, I mean I think the thing is to face the issues because you know you, like like you can put your all into something and you know it's I mean like how we were talking about um yesterday about like um escapism so like you can put your all into something as an escape but you know you can you can face your issues but kind of reframe them in a different way that's more productive you know so like basically you know when you feel a certain type of way and like you know i mean this is just like a base level of issue but like you know just a basic regular anxiety like i'm about to be late for work so i feel an anxiety about that so it's like instead of oh no what am i going to do da, da, da. it's like okay you know i feel this feeling in me you know i'm getting ready i'm ready to go in here and talk to these motherfuckers if they got something to say to me because like I, I feel that feeling in me <laughs> you know yeah and like that's a you know that's a very simple you know very simplistic example but um you know different feelings come up in our lives that we can't control um you know because we are chemically based you know our brains are based on you know various chemicals and things that swirl around that is you know triggered by various stimuli in our environment and things that are happening to us and to the degree that certain things are triggered comes from the way that we were brought up and then our genetic structure as well but when those things do come up you know like they say it's all how you look at it and how you deal with it and you know of course you know the way I'm saying it it makes it sound very easy but it's you know it's, it's, it's very hard and it takes practice and I think that's another thing too um, people you know, you know, you, you like you can say things and it sounds really easy, but it really takes practice. Like everything in life takes practice. You have to practice at it until you become good at it. Even these like seemingly esoteric emotional type of things that we're talking about now, you have to practice at that shit. Like when you talk about meditation and stuff like that, like that's a practice. It's not easy. It's just like you practice doing a bench press you practice shooting a basketball you gotta practice with your mind mm -hmm. yeah I mean and that can be depressing too cause like damn I gotta do more shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know I don't know it's, uh, it's always an ongoing battle with these types of things and you know, cause then you know, cause then after a while, you know, when you're combating it, it's like after a while you just get tired of the shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a way of looking at it, like, you know, instead of combating it, you know, look at it as a benefit, maybe. Like, well, then, well, then, but like, there are certain schools of thought that say that you know, like, kind of like seeing it that way will kind of 
have you just accept it. But apparently it's something that you don't have to accept and that you can get over. Mm. I mean, I think that... I mean... I think to get over certain things, like... Certain things are so deep that to get over them, you just have to change who you are as a per- like certain things you really just have to re- like really be a monk and meditate for like years to get over and it's like do you want to do that or do you just want to accept it and deal with it as it comes up and try to use it as a benefit you know like why not accept things like it's like when you look at it as a game, right? And like I was explaining this earlier, like, <clears throat> um, you know, how people, um, like, let's say, like, you know, you're selling drugs, right? Mm-hmm. So when you are involved in this type of lifestyle, you know that certain things come with it. So, like, you know you might get locked up and go to jail. So, by entering into this type of thing, you kind of already, like, you have to accept that you're going to get locked up at some point. And so, you have to have certain things to deal with it, which is, like, saving up and having a stash of bail money so somebody can bail your ass out. (laughs) Or, like, certain things that you do because you accept the reality of the situation that you're in and the game that you're in. Even though this might be something that you chose, but now you're in it. So it's like, you know, certain realities come up in it. And it's like, you can try to do what you want to do to try to run from it, but it's still going to be there. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, Sometimes you just gotta accept it and just deal with it. Like the effort that it takes to get over it, is it is it really worth it? Like is it gonna be worth your time or energy to try to get over it? Or is it gonna be more beneficial to try to just accept that this is what it is and maybe if it comes up try to use it to your benefit in any possible way, if it's possible. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I don't know if that's like a Buddhist perspective on it or whatever, (laughs) but it's just like, you know, like, you can't be too attached to, 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 to certain shit. Like, you just have to experience it. And just as it comes and just do what you do. You know. I don't know. Mm. I I guess I'm in a I don't know, I guess I'm just in a better mood. I don't know where it's coming from. I mean I did get a new job in in the past I guess I've been there for over two months now. And um it is kinda depressing me 
but at the same time, we do have this podcast, <laughs> um, and, you know, we're doing historic things with this podcast so far, um, which is kind of a plus, um, you know, then I have, you know, other projects that I'm working on, so maybe that's my form of escapism, I guess, but. I mean, well, yeah, I don't know, I mean, it's, you know, like, you know, when, when we talked about this whole thing about escapism the other day, um, I see what you're saying, but I think in my case, it's still a bit different. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's something I gotta, I really gotta think about, I guess, a bit, bit more deeply. But, um. I mean, is escapism bad? I mean, I would say in my case, it can, it can become bad. And I think, and I, and I would argue that to a certain extent, it probably kind of, um, kind of, uh, I guess, uh, hindered me socially in a way. Uh, I mean, this goes to what we were talking about the other day. Um, well, you know, yesterday is like, um, would you, well, I guess, well, I didn't really say this, but, you know, would you be where you are now and doing the things that you're doing now without escapism? That's the thing, uh, no. So, and it's like, are those, and I guess it goes into, um, how, you know, we were talking about regular people things. So, like, you know, the social life or the, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, socialism, or, well, not socialism, but, you know, you know, what you're talking about in terms of, you know, being hindered socially, um, you know, to be an extraordinary person, you can't deal with that type of thing. So, like, you know, how, the, how like, yesterday I was telling you about how, like, um, people talk about Steve Jobs and how, like, he was, like, an asshole and all sorts of stuff. But, like, look at what he did and the legacy that he left on the world. Or, like, you look at Michael Jordan like, I think it was Michael Jordan. I'm sure he, I'm sure he was hindered very socially. You know? Mm. So it's like, it's kind of a trade-off. You know, you lose one thing, but you gain something else. And I guess it's, which one do you value more? Because like, and in some ways, I look at it as taking the red pill, <laughs> you know, from a matrix perspective, because, you know, you're not doing regular people shit. You know, regular people are doing, like, having regular people conversations about whatever the fuck's TV show. And it's not even that TV, like, 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 like they have a list of TV shows. And they have it scheduled. Like, when I'm at work, I can hit overhear people's conversations. Today is this TV show and this TV show day. Tomorrow is this TV show and this TV show day. And it's scheduled. So where people like us, it's like, our schedule is like, okay, we're talking a schoolie deal on this day. 
We're talking to Mateo on this day. We're talking to, you know, Brace Saga on this day. We're talking to Gemstones on this day. We're talking to fucking Chill Moody, the musical ambassador of Philadelphia. We're talking to all these different types of people. Then we're recording it and putting it up on our own shit for people to hear. Yeah. So it's like, for me, to be hindered socially is to not be able to relate to to regular shit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a hindrance because certain regular shit you need to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I might forego some shit that I need to live because I got so much other shit going on. Yeah, I mean, but but then like even like even going back to the conversation yesterday, you know, you you brought up good points about you know Steve Jobs and Michael Jordan, but then you know I told you about you know uh, Nik- uh, Nikola Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know after a while, because like even if you look at like the the epic of Gilgamesh and the whole thing about living forever, and the whole thing is that you know just being remembered, but. You know, if you base it on, you know, if you don't believe in in the afterlife, then why the fuck would you care if people remember you after you die? Because you're not going to be conscious to, to know it. That's a good point. And the only answer that I have for that is that you give a fuck because you give a fuck. <laughs> And that's because you're here. And this is what you know. And you have to find some purpose in life. You know, like you have to have something that drives you. So, like, if that purpose is an afterlife, then you might fuck around and be a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> or you could not believe in that shit and create a purpose and just be great. Mm. And, you know, I was telling my girl this the other day, like, I've, um, you know, like the um, Art of Manliness blog that we've uh, spoken about previously. <laughs> yeah, I still got to. I still got to look at that link you sent me. I don't even remember which link I sent you. Um, the um, the the shoe guide to to manliness. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about something from that I saw like a long time ago, which is, um, basically as a man you make your manifesto and your manifesto has a negative connotation you know like usually it's like some type of serial killer or mass shooter (laughs) or Hitler who has a manifesto but manifesto is really just principles that you live by so like as a person you know write down the principles that you live by 
Um, and I was really going somewhere with this, but I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, well, I'll, yeah, but um, I remember that article too, actually. Mm. Um, and I mean, see, and this is when you, I guess, this is where we kind of go into the realm of existential, existential, ex- existentialism, and that you know, like. You know, I've heard that I could be, uh, I could be going through existential depression, and that you know I'm depressed because I believe there's no meaning to life, and so I'm kind of aimlessly walking around, trying to figure out a meaning, or just you know, just kind of you know, void of any kind of really feeling or meaning of anything because I don't believe in any kind of meaning to life. Meaning to life. I mean. I think I went through that at some point. Um, and I guess my conclusion is that um, I don't know, to me, there's a freedom in not having a meaning to life. Like, that's the most, because it's a blank canvas. Like, you can create your own fucking meaning and do it and just do what you do. Like, to me, that's just like free. Like, there's so many people whose meaning for life is already ingrained in their fucking brain. And their meaning for life is like Jesus or Allah. And they don't get to live full, complete lives because they're living for an afterlife that they don't even know if it fucking exists or not. But my meaning for life and oh oh yes yeah, is what I was going what I was saying before. You know, I figured out my meaning for life. And it's based on two principles which can be broken down. Um, but the overarching principles are to be great and to have fun. And that's it. Mm. So that's my meaning for life is to be great and have fun. Now, to have fun, I'm going to start with that one. That's the more simple part of it. To have fun is just to fucking have fun. I mean, who doesn't want to have fun? Why the fuck not have fun? Right? Mm -hmm. That's a great means of life. But to be great, one is to be excellent in the things that I do. Um, It's to make a mark on humanity and, you know, Whoever I touch, or you know, whoever I meet, I want to make a mark on them. Like, it's to be great at you know this podcast, it's to be great at fucking rapping, producing, just to be like you know just just great in general, and then great in my interactions with people. Like, to be a great friend, to be a great family member, to be a great you know. Uh, spouse to be just a good person and then you know you can break that down further and so you know what constitutes that but whatever the conclusions I come at all you know come to into what become like like you, I guess whatever conclusions I come to into the different elements that become to being great I just want to be great like why not be the best me that I can be 
at all times and can and continue to grow and develop myself like to attain more knowledge and things like that like I think greatness kind of encompasses a lot of things but to overall I just want to just be great and have fun and so that kind of gives me a, a, um, a compass now so now that I figured that out I know that if I'm not being great or having fun and whatever I'm doing, I don't need to do that shit no more. If if mm. I'm talking to you, if I'm not having a great conversation, if I'm not having fun talking to you, I don't need to speak to you anymore. And so it makes things very simple. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think one like one element to uh, to I guess my my uh, the the way I feel is the fact that I guess I feel like I guess in this in this in in this period right now my shit is just like in a state of flux. I just feel like nothing is 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 un, is organized or everything is just. I feel like shit is just not in place. Uh, and, you, uh, uh, I was going to say have you ever had a time when you felt like things were in place um have I mean no not really so it's a problem <laughs> <laughs> I mean yo like think about all the great amazing things that you're doing right now so clearly, if it, like like if you felt like things were in place, I think that's when you have your problem, <laughs> <laughs> and that comes to all how you look at things. Like it's not supposed to be in place for you. <laughs> from my perspective, you know, I can't speak on you know you in particular, but you know, from my perspective, looking at you, if if you felt like things were in place, that's when you need to be worried. So, I, so I guess, and you know, I guess then you gotta, I gotta define what, what, what in place really means. In place means to me, boring and not fun. <laughs> I had a, um, I had a home girl, right? Um, her name was Michelle, and she used to talk to me about, like, all this crazy stuff that used to happen, and, like, she'd be very upset all the time, and I used to just tell her, like, your life is exciting. <laughs> like, don't be mad about that. It's all going to be good. It's not life. I mean, really, when you look at it, these situations are life and death. Like, you good. And you, like, at least you're, matter of fact, this is what I used to tell. I said, at least you're not bored. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's how I've been trying to combat this is that I'm not, I'm, I've never been bored. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's no reason to ever be bored. I think when you become bored, 
That's when you become those type of people that talk about other people. And, and, a, and like, like, you start to get into these, like, weird social interactions with people. And you get into non-productive conversations and you just stop advancing when you become bored. And it's mm-hmm. like, for people that are bored, um, because I do feel like, like, you know, for me, from an early age, I've I've always had, you know, the music thing in me. So I can never be bored. But some people don't have something to find. And it's like, just think of something that you're interested in and move in towards that direction. Like, just go somewhere and just go somewhere by yourself where you don't know anybody. Go there and, you know, go there a couple times and somebody's going to start talking to you. You're going to start talking to somebody and then you won't be bored anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, well, I'm pretty sure that one element of these feelings too is just me constantly overthinking things. But I think the whole the, the the also the thing about things being in place is I guess like a certain kind of security. Uh-huh. And I don't know I mean I guess I guess one I mean one main element would be financial security. That shit gets played out after a while. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess that's one thing, but then it just sounds really materialistic and, you know, is this like really just because I don't have any money and then, you know, I say, I say, you know, certain things about, you know, I just don't feel like I'm in, I'm in the position I need to be in right now. But then people will say, you know, well, you're, you're, you're so young. So what are you talking about? There are people in you, there are people who are younger than, you know, who are older than you, who have never even reached your potential. Or some shit like that. And I'm like, well, that's that's them. That's not me. Yeah, I mean, like, did you have a vision for yourself at the age that you are now? Yeah. And have you reached that vision? No. And how realistic was that vision? Honestly. Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty realistic. I think. I mean, now now we can go into this. I mean, this vision a bit like you know. I, I think looking back on it though, now it may have happened for maybe the you know for it, it may have been for the best, and that I would have been too young, and who would have known what would have happened to me if I would have been in that position at at the age that I wanted I wanted to be in that situation in. Right. So yeah, there's always that. I could have just been some. I could. I could be a strung out, cold kid or some shit. More, more unhappy than what I'm feeling right now. Very true. And then too, when it comes to happiness, it's like, I think, I think that we're the type of people that will never be happy. Like, so, the only thing that that you can be is content. And not content in the form of accepting things that you're not unhappy with, but 
content to the point where the things that you're not happy with um, doesn't fuck you up that bad, if that makes any sense. Like, you're just content to where you're good no matter what the fuck is going on. Because, you know, it can be because of whatever reason, but, you know, you just, you know, you, it, like, you can deal with things in a certain type of way to where, um, a negative thing can't impact your overall unhappiness. Because you're already to, to a certain level of unhappiness. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm used to this shit already. Or, you know, you, I guess, to to detach yourself emotionally from unhappiness, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Which, unhappiness is an emotion. But if you can detach yourself emotionally from an emotion, then you can be content. So you're still striving for happiness, but at the same time, the unhappiness doesn't hit you like that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe I'd, I'd be more content if certain things come through. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I mean, and I, I, th- I think that's the thing because I, I think like the thing with me is that certain things kind of have to be. I, I had to know what's was coming was coming next. Uh, you know, I'm not like the, I've never been like the type of person. Well, I've never pictured, pictured myself as the type of person who's always kind of like want to go in a way. Really? But yeah, but I, <laughs> but, I, I, but I've ended up. Yeah, but this is what I, I, I mean. Not how can I put? It? I mean, I don't mean like tied down to a house or something like that. But like not constantly moving to different states every five minutes and shit. I guess so. That's crazy because like. I always envision myself as that person. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I was that person. And I was, I was, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I was more happy than, um, but now it's like, it's more of a soul. I like, you know, I did that shit before and I know that I can do that shit again. But in the meantime, when I'm in this state of, um, I call it purgatory, <laughs> um, I can I can explore the realm that I'm at to a depth that um, I probably wouldn't have been able to had I been on another level and not doing the other shit. So it's basically like finding you know, the benefit in this because like I think with everything that you do, like 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 you know, when I was on the go a lot, I appreciated being here a lot more. It was like, damn I'm back. Like this is cool, you know, I'm home, everything is good. Now that I'm here it's like, 
damn, I missed that other shit. Like, so it's like, uh, it's, it, it's a constant state of not being happy with your situation. But at the same time, finding a, a contentment in it to where you can exist and find something valuable out of it, I guess. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, because like, and see, and, and, and that's the thing, because I, I got kind of so used to, to like, to, to not being back for a long period of time when I was back for like that year. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, you know. I don't know where, and I don't know where I would really go, but, you know, it kind of feels, something's not right. I'm, I think I've been here too long. hmm And then, too, like, you know, when you went to New York and then you came back, and then the, uh, the, I guess, did you get, like, kind of a shock, like, oh, this is what it really is, but I didn't really realize it? <laughs> you- you mean, you mean like how how Baltimore really is? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in a sense, I did, but you know, even like even like right now, like for real, like I, I remember at one point I said, you know, I wanted to live in New York for like a period of time. Mm-hmm. Looking back on now, I don't want to live in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no interest. Mm-hmm. It's too, I think I think it's it's too much going on for me. And who who knows? I guess that's another thing too. Like if if I was in New York right now, who knows what the fuck I'd be doing? <laughs> so that's another thing I gotta. I always gotta think about too when it comes to me not really, not really getting my way and going and going going to New York to, to live. I mean, I think Oklahoma was part of your destiny because. You know, not the you know, I said I believe in destiny and things like that, but like before you went to Oklahoma, we had so many conversations about Oklahoma and like why you needed to be there and how you would have to go there at some point, even if you were all these other places, but it just so happens that you just have to live in Oklahoma. <laughs> like that that's just a weird synchronicity of um coincidence you know yeah yeah I mean it, I mean it is I mean don't get me wrong I mean I wouldn't be trying to essentially stay here for for you know another three years if, if I didn't kind of feel that way but I don't know but I guess I'm always thinking ahead so it's like damn so like now I mean, hello? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the way I look at things is, you know, the future is something that doesn't exist and never will exist. It's just a vision that you have. The past is something that doesn't exist and never will exist. It's not even a memory. You know what a memory is? It's a it, it's a fantasy that's based off of your senses at the time. The only thing that really exists is the now. 
So it's like the only thing that you can do is what you can do at the current moment. And all you're doing is being in one moment and moving through it. And nothing else exists before or after it. That sounds even more depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Space and time are one and the same thing. I mean... I, you know, the reptilians, the black reptilians already knew this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, but it's crazy, like. I don't know, at least to me, it's crazy how, like. The thing that bugged me out is when I learned that. Time exists differently when you get further from the Earth's gravity. So, like, the satellites that we fucking use, like, satellite TV and internet and cell phones off of, they have to speed their time up because time moves faster. And somebody had to actually calculate that shit. And it just shows that our little, th- our little brains that live in the three-dimensional world that he have evolved for this particular environment called the planet Earth have, you know, such a very limited concept of um, what what actually is. And then when you think about it, you know, the things that you see, like 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 what is vision? Like from your eyes, all it is is light reflecting off of something. So, certain speed. So you're never actually seeing anything as it is. You have to wait for light to get to your eye to actually see what happened before. So really, you you like 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 you can't see or hear anything that ever happens. Mm-hmm. See, you know, this is the craziest thing about this, like, this type of shit is that you always hear about, you know, this tortured artist who, you know, who kills himself, but you don't really hear too much about scientists killing themselves after they just know these types of things. Apparently, they can just bob around and be fine with this shit. I mean, because it's, um, it's, I think with scientists, the uh, I mean, science is really just a mind state of there's always more to know and explore. So if something that you believed in got shattered, it's cool because you found out what the real truth is, or at least a part of it. And like, oh shit, what else is out there? Or like, you know, what's next? Uh, I guess how you're saying, like, like what's next? But you're looking at it more of a from a scientific view of a point of excitement Mm. versus dread, woe, and fear of the unknown. (coughs) Mm. I can can see that. Like, you know, we never see anything as, like, you know, the sun, like, that's the one thing I always say, you know, 
in the daytime we're walking around, the sun might not be there anymore. We don't know because it takes light eight minutes to get from the sun to the earth. So the sun might have just disappeared eight minutes before and our world might be ending, but we don't know for eight minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. That, like, like the sun could have exploded. We don't know. <laughs> we have an eight-minute window before all hell breaks loose at all times. Hmm. It's probably, I mean, it's probably hasn't been like a movie about that, like, sun explodes and you have eight minutes. Like, what do you do? Like, one person, like, knows. I mean, that would be a great, I mean, it would have probably be like a short, artsy type of film. <laughs> but, like, that would be, that would be crazy. I mean, well, wait, I mean, yeah, but I guess if you want to, if, if it would, like, if it would be, like, a full-length film, it would probably have to be, like, how, like, I guess how the person finds out that the sun exploded. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, going back, like, like, it would probably have to tell the story kind of backwards in a bit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Now we should be we should be on Star Talk right now. I know, right? No Tyson, <laughs> what up? <laughs> Man, like but I don't know. All the, all that all, all that science stuff really interests me. You know, it's crazy, we haven't talked about hip hop at all this whole episode. Yeah, man, it's just been about the art of melon of uh the art of melancholy. Yeah. I mean is hip hop really that boring right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like everything kind of came to a head with, um, you know, Drake and, and Meek Mill, and then Dr. Dre kind of made a, a little splash and kind of disappeared and no one cared no more. <laughs> yeah, then now you got games album, which I'm enjoying. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm enjoying every song off of the double disc. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like, he has a documentary, documentary two point five, and you know, I'm enjoying a lot of songs from it. I will say, um, I'm trying to think of anything else, but now you got Wale versus Meek Mill, and it's just this is a mess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I guess. Kendrick has to come out with another album. That's not going to happen probably for another two, three years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe J. Cole might drop something, but you know, when the artist is doing like, like, like if an artist is uh, that's the artist is if an artist's album is doing well, then like, what's the point of them putting out another one? Mm. Um, artistic innovation. Yeah, that shit don't matter. <laughs> At least not anymore. I mean, cause like, 
But then, too, if you put out something that's so dope that it's, like, lasting that long, then you might have to just chill for a minute and, well, like, it might take you that long to create something. Because, like, you, you know, you, you know, you look at the gap between Kendrick's albums. Like, that's a pretty substantial gap. Even with, like, J. Cole, like, he, he seems to have some gaps in his shit as well. But his music really hits people. Mm. I don't know. They're probably waiting for some big thing to happen to black people before they reemerge anyway. Oh man. I mean, and 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 like now the Drake and Future people are like, okay, what's going on with this J Cole and Kendrick album? I mean, it's kind of weird, like that. That's going to shut the internet down for like a day or two. If it ever comes to fruition. Shit, man, you, you just reminded me about that Drake and Future. Is it an album or a mixtape? I mean, it's a project. <laughs> it's a I mean, sale. I, I, for, I, I forgot all about that, actually. I haven't heard one song, or uh, I have heard one song. What, what, uh, uh, do you remember what song you heard? I don't even know, man. I just know shit was what. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like I said before, that Drake and Future project, like, it's not as good as either one of their previous projects. I mean, but they're, I mean, they're two different people, though. So I don't. So I mean, I just can't really see them doing an entire album together. I guess they just like each other and feel each other's vibe. On some no homo type shit. I mean, just imagine if, if Drake and Meek Mill did an album together and all, and all the songs sounded like Rico. That'd probably be dope. No, no, I don't, I, I don't like Rico. I mean, it would be but, better than Drake and Future's album. I, I, I think. I don't know. I gotta sit. I gotta. I gotta actually listen to it, man. But you can see, I just, I just caught up and listened to to Dr. Dre's album, so. <laughs> I think um, I'm trying to think of what I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to whatever Fabulous is doing next Because he's been killing it for a long time On the low Like with the soul takes I mean he started with like You know the uh, Gangsta Girls joints Then he was at soul tapes And then he had that album that came out That was kind of cool The Young OG Project A lot of he, you know, he had a couple of bangers on there, and then um, it'll be real interesting to see what he does next. I mean, the only thing that I was like really interested like in hearing is like the the MF Doom and Ghostface, but but after listening to whatever song that came out with them on, I think one of the Adult Swim compilations, it just was. I mean, the beat was hard, but. Ghostface is he just not he is not Ghostface anymore. Mm. And he just he just doesn't sound right. So it just kinda kills the whole lore. So the only pe- only thing I really got to really look forward to is like another MF Doom album if that's ever coming out. Yeah, I mean I've I have i have realized that because I'm not too excited about things coming out that I just need to just go back to old shit that I never really listened to. So, you know, that'd be a lot of MF Doom. <laughs> um, 
went back and listened to them Master Ace albums I never listened to. Those are dope. Um, oh, yeah. And OC, he got some new shit. And um, I think he had an album called Star Child or something like that that I really liked. But um, I need to go back and listen to some OC and just some of these uh, 90s artists that are kind of, I guess you would classify them as obscure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I listened to uh, Jamal's album. I've always, I've always listened to it, but I was listening to Jamal's album the other day. Mm. How do you, um, how do you listen to music? Like, do you listen to it in the background while you're doing other shit? Or like, like, how does that work for you? Um, I mean, I, I usually listen to it while I'm walking mm. everywhere. So that's why I really, the main way I get music. But I mean, if, I, if I'm listening to something new, then I sit down with it or I like have it on when I'm, like, washing dishes or something, but, like, music with, like, words, it's kind of hard for me, like, to sit down, like, listen to while I'm doing work. I know what you mean, because, like, me, I, you know, if it's rap, I'm trying to catch the lyrics and everything they're saying, and so I miss some of it if I'm doing something else, so I really got to focus on, like, like, that album, especially if it's, like, you know, like a little, like a real lyrical type of dude, um, but it's hard, especially like juggling real life for me, because you know I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm trying to check up on that. So like I listen to it while I'm walking and on the train and stuff like that. But it's like it's too much information and not enough time to get into my brain because I'm trying to read some shit too. So it's like it's too much going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm, I'm even to the point now that, you know, sometimes I, I just, I just walk with, like, a podcast on. Oh, yeah, I've been doing that. <laughs> like. It's kind, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a way to catch up on things. So, um, I've, I, uh, I missed the, uh, Democratic National Debate or whatever, but I, you know, one of the podcasts I listen to, shout out to Mandatory Sampson. Um, they, you know, went in depth on it with clips and everything. And then another podcast I listened to with uh, Dave Smith, who's a comedian, uh, part of the problem. That's a more libertarian um, leaning podcast. Well, not libertarian leaning, it straight, straight libertarian podcast. Um, he um, played some clips and everything like that, which was kind of interesting. Um, it's interesting to see, you know, M- Mayor O'Malley, he's up in there uh, debating so that he can be president. <laughs> he gets no airplay. Nah, not a whole lot. And then, like, somebody made the comment, I think it was Dave Smith, or one of the, the part of the problem. It was like, you want us to vote for you as president, but you were the mayor of Baltimore, and that's one of the things that you tout. But look at what the fuck Baltimore looks like right now. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, T.T., I mean, he still didn't get his shit off the ground anyway. He, well, I mean, he was, he's been trying to for the longest time, but he just can't do it, and it's because he sounds like a, ro- a robot for the Democratic Party. That's what everybody says about him, too. Like, 
it's funny. If Hillary wasn't there, maybe he would have a shot, but he doesn't. So he might as well just bow out. Uh, but I, you know what? I realize that a lot of these people, if they're not going to make it, at least they're vying for vice presidency spot. So maybe, and like Hillary, like kind of shut him down in a uh, debate. He was like, uh, she was like, you know. I really thank O'Malley for uh, supporting me in my presidential run in 2008. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I heard that, yeah, because at one yeah. point they did, like, a, they did, like, some coverage on that. Yeah, that shit was kind of fucked up. And then um, there's some other random as the uh, Democrat. He was a governor of some state. I don't, I, like, I, like, I forget his name. But it's funny because Dave Smith from Part of the Problem Podcast, he was like, you know, I'm really into politics, but I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, like they asked him about his vote on some shit, like the war in Iraq or some shit. And he was like, well, I was new and my father just died. And... You know the vote was ninety five to two anyway, so like, like his response was just crazy. Like it was just so many excuses. Like it was like high schoolish type excuses, mm-hmm. and it was kind of funny. Like they're not looking for you. They're like ain't nobody checking for you, bro. <laughs> Chill that shit out. Well. But, um, uh, let's take a break real quick um, and then we'll come back so uh, channel10podcast.com log on cop the merchandise listen to the episodes tell a friend tell a friend we'll be back in a feel second it, peace here, you feel it man what up son you gotta just do it yo yo what up man it's a different channel son what up on man what up watch the channel son Different plane now, man. It's all good. Roll up, all good, baby, in every hood, son. Roll up, yeah. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, got in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, got in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef.